Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of Stage Side Podcast. Today's guest, we have Ira and Austin from the band Movements. How's it going, guys? What's up, Ryan? What's up? Not yeah, much, just doing, glad Ryan? to get you on. <laughs> yeah, we're stoked to do this, man. We're stoked to do this. Yeah. So, like I was telling you before we started, I caught you guys opening for Census Fail. It was actually April Fool's Day, 2017 in Salt Lake. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know, but you also opened for Young Jeezy at the Complex. Yeah, we, <laughs> the venue always has um, multiple shows going on when we're playing. Yeah, I think one time we also uh, we played and Getter was playing. And it was right when like a Saw dude was so, everyone was saying it. Do you know who Getter is, right? Hilarious. I know. So I've heard one song he has with Oliver Tree. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. And I've heard that one. That one's pretty good. I got a buddy who's big time into that scene. Mm-hmm. And I sent him that song. He was like, oh, yeah, I've seen Get Her Live. I know all about him. But not too deep. But so you guys do uh, rap and EDM shows then, huh? Apparently yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just I, I think in Salt Lake, there's such limited venues to play. Like uh, the complex is like the only venue we've played besides um kilby yeah besides kilby, kilby, kilby yeah which yeah. i don't i mean is it a venue i guess <laughs> it's like almost a venue but i love it there <laughs> let's dive into that because the time you guys played on kilby that was your headlining tour which you guys sold out i believe every date if not every almost. date almost, almost. Every yeah one. yeah we're yeah. close <laughs> that was the show where pat was unable to make it what was that like playing a show without your singer we were definitely nervous, but that show was so was fine though, because it's like such an intermittent like environment. Like everyone was like coming up, singing, crowd surfing. I think we had like some guy sing "Colorblind" and he actually killed it. It was really cool. <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. I, I I was definitely like nervous about doing it, and we were we were like, okay, well, you know, we get that it's not like your normal experience. Um, you can refund your ticket or whatever we gave people the option i think only two people did so yeah i think we were just i think that's what i was scared most scared for was like like people refunding their tickets you know what i mean it's like <laughs> we didn't really know if anyone would give a fuck about coming to see us without patrick but a lot of people did so it was very sick we had people yeah. in like can't swim do songs and um who else and super whatever do songs like it was so fucking cool man it was it was probably yeah. one of the most memorable memorable shows that i remember playing yeah from a yeah. fan standpoint it was great because i know you also had kurt do a song yeah and then yeah you guys facetime pat in and i think yeah, it was the, <laughs> i think it was the fan that killed it on colorblind where pat told him to come back up and start daylily yeah yeah, yeah. So, and austin and i had mics and like we are so not comfortable with mics <laughs> um, and it was so awkward, but um, everyone uh, <clears throat> everyone was really cool, man. That was a great show. Good. I'm yeah. glad it uh, worked out. And like you said, yeah, when I heard the singer wasn't going to be there, Pat, it's like, all right, this would be interesting, but totally. let's go. Like, it's going to be a good show no matter what. They'll figure something out. And you guys definitely pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, cool, man. It was cool. It's definitely it something again. that doesn't happen very often, so... It, it almost made it a little bit more of a special show. Like I, I sometimes like those shows where it all just goes wrong. They, for some reason, sometimes. But shout out to Pat. Memorable. We like when Pat's there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we definitely like when we, Pat's we there. We definitely like it more. But <laughs> all Austin and I have to do when Pat's there is just play our our instruments. So. And That's you guys nice. seem pretty tuned in. 
I mean, obviously all artists are, but it seems like you guys get pretty technical when you're playing live. And I guess from a non-musician standpoint, how technical are the songs that you guys are writing and playing, whether it be on the guitar or on the bass? And hmm. that's such a hard question to answer. Um, I feel like it's so skewed. Awesome. <laughs> Like, I, I feel like everyone has a different level of, like, yeah. <laughs> what they think is is hard and, and, and difficult. Uh, I think the songs are hard. Yeah, I, I don't know. What do you I think, would say, I think they're, they're fucking hard. Yeah, I think, I think it's, like, technical to a way of, like, you know, like, a lot of bands, like, you know, let's say guitar, for instance, like, oh, let's, uh, we'll play power records, we'll do this and that, and we decide to make it hard on ourselves and never play power chords and things. So I'd say over time, we've definitely gotten more technical and I would say yeah, the drums especially for the, for no good left to give has gotten <laughs> yeah. very technical. So it should yeah. be interesting to play that live. Yeah. And I, I think the I drums mean, feel something is the... more just like one guitar and like more of like a jam band record when like no good left to give is just has like fucking a million guitars on it. So We'll see how that works. Yeah, and the playthroughs that you all released via YouTube, that's kind of what sparked that question for me because, you know, when you listen to a song, there's always songs that you think, this song's not long enough, or man, that went by too quick. I like that song so much. I wish it was longer. When I watched the playthroughs that you all put out, it almost gave me anxiety. It was like, how can you play a song this long? Like just focusing on the one instrument for each video. (laughs) I was like, this is insane that someone can remember obviously like i said i'm not a musician you know i can't really play anything but i appreciate the music and i was just watching i was like i don't know how someone can do this for so long and it just looked (laughs) like such a difficult task from my end so i think that those videos help highlight just the technicality of what you guys are playing on this new record yeah definitely yeah i think the always the, the goal is to uh make a long song feel short and a short song feel long so it's a good goal that works that's always the goal now, you guys, you put out, what, three singles before Outgrown Things? Outgrown Things. I'm trying to remember what we even did for that record. I think... Well, I'm, no, I'm saying, so before that, you had Protection, Buried, and Scripture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the demos, yeah. And then I read, I'm not sure if it's true or not, I read you guys got signed after only, like, your first or second show. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Because... <laughs> um, we put out like it was like the beginning of like 2015 um we put out i believe on like the first of the year we or maybe no the first year we filmed a video for protection and then we put it out like two weeks later or something like that and the funny story is actually fearless records i think was the who we ended up signing to was the first person to hit us up and they sent us like an email like a week after we put out that video but then we didn't see it for a month because we didn't check our email. <laughs> but um, yeah, they they hit us up like really like right off the bat. And they're like, all right, we just want to see you play a show. Like, can you pull this off live? And they came and saw the show and they loved it. And then that's pretty much it. <laughs> so it was almost sort of a sh- uh, showcase then. They seen, they seen the video or they just heard the song and then asked you to play a show? Yeah, I mean, we were already playing a show with um, Have Mercy. That was our first show. 
um, which is really cool at Chain Reaction in uh, Anaheim. And yeah, so we already had that booked and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll see you there. And we were like, oh, that's crazy. A lot of pressure now, <laughs> but um, it was awesome. So can you take us through, obviously that show went well and you guys signed. What were the next three to six months like after you had the deal and knew, okay, this is going to take off. I'm assuming much quicker than you expected. I'm, I know a lot of bands don't get signed after one or two shows. Yeah, we we had really no idea what to really think of it. You know, we were just like, oh, that's crazy that you want to sign us. And then they're kind of like, do you want to do a whole album? Like, we want you to record this summer. Do you want to do an EP, whatever? And we're like, wow, you want us to record in the summer? That At that point, it was maybe April or May by the time we signed. So we were like, oh, that's only a couple, like, that's only like two or three months. Like, we can't do a whole album. And we didn't want to um, put out, like, re-record any of the other songs. So we're like, yeah, let's just do an EP, which became Outgrown Things. Um, and then we did that. And then right off of that, right off of recording that, we did, like, a two-week tour on the East Coast. Um, and then... Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, at, ever since that point, like ever since those, like we recorded Outgrown Things and started touring, like we kind of didn't stop <laughs> until, you know, obviously now. <laughs> yeah, you guys hit the ground running. Like I said, the first time I seen you was April 2017. And I think I've seen you guys maybe five or six times since then. One of them was well, the last Warped Tour. We've been going hard. Or yeah. not, uh, the last Warped Tour in Salt Lake it seemed like, like I said, you guys hit the ground running and just been playing nonstop. Now the have mercy show, were you guys just like a regional ad to that show that you weren't on that tour, correct? Yeah, we weren't on the tour. I think the tour was have mercy weather box and head North. Okay. And then, yeah, they just added us on as like the opening slot to that show. At what point did you notice, obviously the label had interest right away. At what point did you notice everything really start taking off with the fans, I guess, nationwide as far as touring and seeing more of the reaction when you were playing shows out here in Salt Lake or in the Midwest or farther east outside of your regional area? When did you notice the takeoff? I mean, I would say, honestly, after Warp Tour 2017, I think that's when... I like, you know, we, we had like our fans and stuff and you could, there was always people that knew the music, but I think that was the tour that afterwards I was like, wow, we actually do have a good following throughout the United States. Yeah. I think every tour, it, it just got bigger and bigger, you know, I wasn't a part of the outgrown things. Um, right. So, um, but movements didn't really start touring <laughs> nationwide, like heavily until outgrown things was out until i was in the band um so yeah i think every tour man it was just like you could see the growth like even from like that five dollar tour we did with real friends to like <clears throat> census fail like you saw crazy growth so yeah austin's right i think warp tour was just like that 2018 warp tour we were like holy shit like we're, yeah. we're you know like shit's like going well and then just kind of been on this crazy <clears throat> incline ever since, you know? Yeah. The fan reception has always been crazy. Like I said, at least here in Salt Lake, even when you guys, I believe it was the 2017 Warp Tour, 
we were saying you played the full sail stage earlier before we started recording and that stage was like when you guys played it was just crazy it was madness it was backed up against a pavilion so half the crowd was like under I remember that show. pits breaking out <laughs> that's sick and it was just nuts now i you joined the band after outgrown things but obviously you toured that record what was that i'm like? actually in the in a in a photo on the record too <laughs> very funny yeah so that's the thing if you open if you open the, the gatefold here like it has you in yeah there, as movements is it's a crazy story man that picture um that photo was taken by max moore who, who's done like three or four of our videos um that was taken in front of the house that we shot the worst wishes music video at um and that was about two and a half weeks after i met all of them barely knew <laughs> so just jumped right into it then it was crazy pretty man. much yeah it was fucking crazy it honestly was like they're fucking crazy like they didn't know me and like it just they just kind of rolled with it and uh, it worked out so so how long before you started touring did you join the band? Um, well, because that was like Austin, in the, two months. That was two and like a half months. Fall. Yeah, something like that. I joined in, in 2015. I joined October 2015, I want to say. Right? Does that sound about right, Austin? Yeah, yeah. I think it was, yeah, yeah. It was around like October or November or somewhere <laughs> and around I think there. Our, I think that $5 Real Friends tour was in 2016, like early 2016 or maybe. Yeah, that was the spring. That was the spring. Spring yeah. 2016. So maybe like three or four months. But I like joined the band and then two weeks later was on the plane with Spencer flying to Kentucky to shoot a, the music video for Kept and Worst Wishes. Were barely you just. Him. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I barely knew him. It was crazy, man. Were you cramming the whole time to learn the songs? Like, was it something? So I had a buddy who, he was a metal vocalist back east, and then he filled in for a band for a tour. And he told me he just walked around 24-7 with headphones in just to learn every nuance of the song. Were you just practicing nonstop? Not really. Um, that part was, super, like, when I, like, got the initial, like, oh, like, you know, Movements wants to try you out. <clears throat> um, I, like, learned all the songs. And then I found out that they weren't really looking for me to like learn the songs. They just wanted to like hear, they, they're looking for a long-term member, obviously. So um, they wanted to hear me write shit um, and what I've written. So I was more focusing on just like writing um, than learning the songs. Learning the songs was, was easy. Um, yeah, it was cool, man. It was cool. I just remember trying out. It was funny. Yeah, I think, yeah, because that was that was our thing with, um, you know, like we created like a sound and stuff like that with outgrown things, and we wanted to, you know, further upon that. So we wanted someone that could write similarly. Like we weren't really worried about finding a guitar player. You know, is like we need someone to help us write and stuff. So we we tried like maybe three or four people, and the first thing we did was like, like you know, learn one song, and then also like write something and we'll jam it and so i think ira came to the table with what ended up being the intro things, to the to the gray right yeah my my initial audition was like with the gray which is so crazy it's on the record yeah um, yeah i'm actually surprised. i think, full, <laughs> like I think crazy i want to say like i want to say full circle was a part of that in some way i don't know Maybe it was not. pretty short. It was pretty short afterwards. I feel like they, you could just, it was so funny. I like, I played some, some of my riffs and like all their eyes just 
fucking lit up. Like they were like in a candy store. It was amazing. <laughs> it was definitely, it was a fit. It was cool, man. Time. It was, a, it's like a match made in heaven. Honestly, like it was perfect. Like they were doing what I wanted to do musically and like they, and I was doing what they wanted to do musically. It was, it was just perfect, man. Yeah. It sounds like it was much more collaborative than the traditional tryout of, Hey, learn our songs, play it. It was more, what, what can you bring to the band? Yeah, it was just like let's jam like let's see what we can what like what the vibe is together and uh it was like it was perfect i mean granted it's not just like the music aspect of things that you have to worry about which is something that i don't think any of us really thought about was just like personalities mixing and stuff like that which is we're lucky we're super fucking lucky that we all mesh together very well but i could have easily been crazy you know what i mean and they wouldn't <laughs> have known that um so uh yeah they took a fucking risk for sure well it paid off yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no for sure man it did it was it was it was just crazy it was like just uh you know i feel like to be introduced to so many people like at that stage in your life is so unique because like if you think about it, it's like i got introduced to these four new people and then all of their friends um and all their friends friends and it was like that stuff like i feel like you you meet a lot of people in high school and like after high school it's kind of like you don't really meet a ton of people after that you know what i mean <laughs> um and i was just like introduced to like all these new fucking people and like um i don't know it was just a lot it was a lot to to handle at first you know but uh it's chill now like i said it seemed to work right away i guess that's kind of a theme with the band just things taking off right away and working the way they should so that leads us into outgrown things or i'm sorry feel something rather from outgrown things what was the process like you, that would you recorded that with will yip as well as you did outgrown things what was the process like writing and recording that from how long did you guys spend writing jamming the songs tweaking everything to the time you flew out to pennsylvania to record with will I mean, it was pretty much, uh, in in one word, stressful. <laughs> very, very um, stressful. Um, I mean, because we, we were still, like, touring and stuff. We were riding in the van and stuff like that for uh, Feel Something. And, you know, for Outgrown Things and Feel Something, our, our mentality for writing those records was let's all be in a room together and let's jam out every part in – kind of just like write it as like a live band like we didn't really do too many like like we couldn't really do too much pre-production that gave anything justice so uh, we didn't really have the gear at the time so it was it was definitely a crazy process i feel like that made it more stressful is, is the fact we couldn't just go and listen back to everything we kind of just would jam it out be like hey we like this or we don't like this like we don't know if it's good or not we just have shitty phone recordings of everything yeah, so. I have like I have video recordings of us like writing Deadly Dole. Um I I vividly remember riding full circle in the van, like on the Real Friends tour. Like um it was weird. I feel like a lot of it I was trying to like emulate what movements was already. Um because I had never like because I was just yeah, I was just trying to emulate what it was and just kind of elevate it. Um and that's what I kind of feel I, when I see feel something, that's what I see it as. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, Austin's right. We jammed a lot of that record. A lot of it was like written in a room jamming, which is cool. I mean, that's not how No Good Left to Give is. And they're both different in great ways. That's what I was going to ask when you said that you all were writing on tour. If it was, you know, voice memos or video recordings of what you were playing. So did you, you guys just came back with a ton of videos and audio files and just try to recreate that or tweak it however for the actual recording process then play it through again yeah i, I think for some because we did um we did like towards like the end of the writing process for that record um go to a friend of ours um and actually kind of do some better demos and pre-production like i think from that we had like sure. deep red daylily uh, full circle and something else so like those ones had good recordings but most of them didn't <laughs> so i don't know it, it, it's kind of crazy but to think about the inconsistency of yeah but we're lucky that <laughs> will will can hear like a shitty recording and see the vision of it you know yeah no matter how shitty it is it could just be like me just playing on a voice memo and, and yeah. he could see the vision the final vision of it which is really cool yeah and he like because what we do like the first you know, a couple of days to a week that we're in the studio, we get together all in like um, his live room, you know, just just instruments at first and then he does the vocals later. Um, but we kind of just like go through the song and work on the structure and stuff like that in a live setting all together. And so we get like a pre-production version of like what it's going to be. So um, that definitely helps a lot as far as like hearing everything out. And that was a big deal for me with... Uh, with uh, feel something like hearing those songs really honestly for the first time recorded well was kind of crazy yeah the album came out amazing and again that was one when you guys played it right away instant positive reception people knowing the songs you know from the singles that were released when you go to record with will how long were you there for three weeks for feel something it yeah. was like it was like that. It was like way too fast. So rushed. It felt, I guess it didn't feel like crazy rush, but it was for sure rushed. I mean, you need more time with the record. Um, it was freezing too. And it I was so Pat, cold. We, yeah, yeah. Pat got sick too. It was, it was a little rough. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you guys. Cause you're both from California, correct? Yeah, yeah. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. How was it spending three weeks? Cause Will's studio, I believe is right outside of Philly. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that spending time again touring? I mean, I, you guys are a little more crunched for time. How was it to have three weeks out on the East Coast? Did you guys get to go do anything or um the town that, that Will Studios at is very cool. Um there's like a real lot of good restaurants. Like the main street that his studio is on is like just like almost like picturesque. Um <laughs> I, I don't know. We went to the city a few times. I mean, I don't think yeah. a, a lot of it, you're just in the studio, you know? Yeah. I think for that record, we didn't do too much else. Cause it was like, I think February or January when we recorded feel cold. something and it was snowing. It was so cold. Like, I don't remember. I don't know if we even had a car. No, we didn't because we stayed at, we'll had like, I don't think he does anymore, but he had a, like an apartment for like dance to stay like, on the same block so it was just like you'd walk to the studio it'd take you a minute to get there and then yeah that's kind of like how you lived your life for three weeks it was just 
Yeah, at I studio. think we would like Uber around for things. Now, the second record, we no good left to give. We had a car. We had more of a budget. So that was cool. How long were you out there for the second record? A little over five weeks. Yeah. So I, yeah. we got a lot of shit done. It was very yeah. sick. I would say like, yeah, I, I think Feel Something, we had, we wrote a lot of it beforehand. And I think this, we had, we ha- we came into it with like a lot more songs, but a lot of it came together more in the studio, which was kind of interesting. But it turned out so good. Like, you know, I, I think... I think before you we were almost like underutilizing Will with like feel something. And I think with this record, you know, we kind of treated him as like a, a fifth member and yeah, you know, and that was awesome. Yeah. Matt on Matt from citizen on the last episode, he said, Will has that quality of being able to pull, pull, I guess, pull the greatness out of everybody a little For more sure. than what they've already done. He'll push you to do give it to me again give it to me again and then matt was saying he'll have all these takes and if the artist doesn't like that one then was like well i got you covered because i had you do this and he kind of helps drive that creative process again not taking away from the band but just tweaking it just to that next level and putting his touch on it that he's done with countless releases in the yeah it's all it's about the environment too like when you're there it feels just like you're just like writing music with your homies you know, like rather than like you're doing something, you know what I mean? Like it just, it just feels so natural. It feels just so easy um, and fun, you know? Yeah. Like, especially during like the pre-production process with Will, it's like, we're in the live room and we're jamming the songs and he's like, are we, he comes in the live room and like, we're like, okay, let's try this. Like, let's just write a new fucking chorus for this. And like, we work it out, take a couple hours and we just do it. And it's just fun, man. Like um, we just have a good time and it's not stressful, which is like so sick. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like on top of the world at the end of writing that last record, like we were like, we were like saying, like, we were just like getting all cocky. We were just like, I'm pretty sure we can turn anything into gold. Like we were just every day we would just like, really like like we tore some of those songs apart like if you listen to like the pre-pro of some of them you're like wow this is hardly even the same song you know i think uh you know one of iron eyes favorite tracks ended up it was like such a it had like this really big chorus and all this stuff and then we ended up like whittling it down and doing this really different sounding chorus to the song and it it changed the song's called living apology on the record yeah i think that's yeah that's both our favorite songs on the record yeah. it was and, funny because uh, we heard like the pre-production from it like after because like pat and will do the, do their thing um pre-production wise and uh then we'll kind of listen to it and like we were all just kind of like damn like we need something like just different on this record that's like not just such like a this huge chorus like going from like this like smaller verse into this bigger chorus like we just wanted to change it up and like we just like flipped that song upside down and it was like the yeah. best decision yeah, it was, it was, and it was, it just felt so natural to do it too. Cause like we were kind of like, we heard it and we we're all like, I don't know if this song is going to make the record or not. Like we're not stoked on it. And then we go out to like start working on it. And then we're like, you know what? We can come back to this. We have this. Let's try something different. And then we just, I don't even know how, like, how is that the chorus that we came up with? You know, <laughs> like it's kind of 
crazy yeah. to think about that we just wrote that. It's very. I wish you had the record, Ryan. I wish you. Uh, <laughs> I know, like, um, there's people that have the record, right? That like review it before it comes out and shit. So I'll have to find out how to get on that list. I have a pre Yeah, man. Yeah, you got to get on that list. You got to get the re- the records before they come out. Yeah, I have <laughs> I have a vinyl and a CD copy pre ordered, but I'll still you know the midnight release on Apple Music. I'll still burn through that until the physical That's copies awesome. get here. Very sick. <laughs> With the writing process for each song, do you guys have a set formula for every song as far as the whole band? Does Pat um, come with lyrics? Does Spencer come with a drum line? I think not. I feel like 90% of it, we it's pretty set as far as like the process goes. Um, sorry, hold on. Um, I feel like, what, Austin, we start with guitar, right? I mean... I, yeah, I feel like, like I just write a riff and I bring it to the table and I'm like, oh, like, what do you guys think of this? And then everyone's either like, this sucks or like, this is cool. And then we build off of that. And then um, like, we just write the whole, basically the whole song for with just guitar. And then me and Austin will write the bass for it. And then Spencer will write the drums for it. And then we'll have just the music for it. And then we'll give it to Patrick. And then Patrick will take it and put vocals on it right i mean that's pretty much what yeah. the process is yeah it, it usually starts with like some sort of riff and um i mean especially for you know older albums that was it always started with the guitar riff you know like that's why i feel like a lot of those songs would always start with here's this guitar riff for like 30 seconds then here's the whole band because that's kind of how they were written yeah. and then <laughs> this record a lot I think- of feel something is like that i don't know if you've ever noticed that ryan but like a lot of it starts with just guitar like yeah. it'll just yeah. be a guitar riff before anything comes in and like that's what austin's talking about and then like, yeah we definitely tried to to avoid that on no good luck to give yeah let's not do that anymore <laughs> i mean is there is there one that just starts out like that no i don't think so and on feel something deep red so austin i know you told me on feel something you played bass and then baritone guitar on some of the ones on some of the songs rather for deep red, that's just a straight bass line that it starts out with, correct? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, that's on a four string. So the only song I used a baritone on for that record was Submerge. So most of that song is I think there's only guitars really in like the chorus of that song. So if anybody ever sees Austin switching during the show, because when I seen you guys at the complex, it's like, man, he's switching like I was like, that doesn't look like a bass, it looks like he's playing guitar now. And then you told me after the show, and again, like I said, I'm not a musician. So I was like, oh, okay. It's a whole different style of instrument there. With Deep Red, I mean, that bass line is insane. It jumps out right away. Was there an inspiration behind that? Were you listening to some sort of certain style of music when you wrote that? Or is that just an idea you had you wanted to come out with, start a song off with a crazy bass line like that? I think that song started, like the, the original riff for that song was the ending if i if i'm remembering that correctly i think that was ira brought that to the table and like we're like oh this is cool we like it's like soft and then it gets really hard and we're like well now we have to kind of write a whole song around that and i think we were just kind of out of ideas and then we kind of came up with let's do this like drum and bass sort of thing and um that's kind of where that came from and it 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 got like solidified, I think, more in like the recording process of what the actual baseline was. 
So you basically so, reversed it from what it started out as. Yeah, yeah, I think that basically. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't our intent to just be like, all right, let's do like a drum and bass thing to start out this song. The the song went through a lot of different like changes until it got to where it was at. And do yeah. you find that is the same situation with a lot of your songs? Or because I know you said you, you start out with the guitar and then like you were saying when you wrote Feel Something, you tweaked a lot from recording on the road to actually recording and then No Good Left to Give. You said you broke some songs down completely where you're like, how is this even the same song? Are a lot of your songs that you dive that deep into or you reverse? Um, it, it it honestly just depends. On, I feel like it's, just, it's hard because everyone has I'd a say, vision, you know? Yeah, I, I'd say more so on this record a lot of things like the first idea or riff didn't end up being the intro you know um i'd say like more so on no good left to give than the other records but like it depends and you know there there have been some songs you know um daylily and third degree and uh on the new record uh there's a song called seneca um those were songs that Pat kind of just wrote on an acoustic guitar and sent us like a voice memo. And so we had all the vocals ahead of time. And then we're like, all right, now how do we elevate this? You know, and we love doing we that love too. We love doing, yeah. Like yeah. That, that's, a, we love when Pat just like brings something to the table because then we have something to build off of instead of like having to create something from scratch. So yeah. it was just, it just makes it a little bit of a different process for us, which is cool. Speaking of acoustic, you did the Catacomb Sessions version of Hatchet. Yes, Is there going to be any more acoustic versions of stuff That's so funny out? you said that. There, um, there is, actually. Yeah, yeah there is. Um, we're doing some cool shit, actually, at Catac Catacomb Sessions. Catacomb yeah, uh, yeah, I think we announced it yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to do some stuff there. Yeah, we're so. going to do a, a live stream um, on Friday. The one that you're doing on Twitch, then yeah yeah that's and at that catacomb will, studios that, which yeah. is really cool um we really love that studio will those songs be released after obviously after the twitch session will they be released onto streaming services or they or will they at least live on twitch will the the recording be up it, on twitch they'll after? live somewhere for sure yeah okay. we, we haven't really decided quite yet honestly yeah. we're just kind of more focused on like let's get this like live performance together and then where we're, we've like it's been brought up like hey maybe we should also you know record this for you know spotify or whatever yeah, spotify or something i don't know yeah we haven't really we haven't really thought about it too much to be honest but to answer your question <laughs> yeah we're definitely doing that again which is so funny it's like right around the corner yeah that's perfect i'm looking forward to it i always like hearing the different takes on songs whether it be acoustic or live just how they go over yeah, it's going to be cool, man. Austin's going to be playing acoustic guitar um, and I'll be playing like electric leads and stuff. So it'll be like, it'll definitely be different from what that catacomb session was. Um, and Spencer will be doing some weird stripped down uh, <clears throat> kit, not just like the cajon. Um, so it'll be cool. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Well, good. So am I. And speaking of, we have no good left to give coming out this week. How excited are you guys for this? Dude, I'm so excited. Like, it's so crazy. Um, like, I remember the feeling I had when Feel Something came out. And, like, um, 
it's such a better feeling this time. Like I'm so much more proud of this record. Um, I don't think any of us thought Feel Something was were, was going to be like as popular as it was. Uh, it kind of like blew our minds a little bit, um, but <laughs> we have pretty high expectations for No Good Left to Give. Yeah. I'm so excited, I, man. I agree. Like, yeah, I think like this record, like just by the end of the, the process and like, you know, even while we were in the studio hearing the, you know, our like half live versions and everything, I was just like, this record is just unbelievably good like i am yeah, like we stepped it personally up personally sure. a huge fan of it so i, I feel like I, i'm so three years off, to hear it the three years off really shows like you really i feel like you can really uh hear the progression definitely in the three singles that you've released so far sound incredible and you can even hear the progression in those don't give up your ghost that one that was like a fun song because it had the build up and it just kind of changed. Yeah. The, it would change the sound. You'd be expecting one thing and then it would, you know, completely flip on you and not in a negative way either. It was, it was, yeah, I mean, some people probably think different. it is in, in a negative way. I mean, we did that deliberately. We wanted to make a statement with that song, like, and put that song out first because we wanted people to be like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. We didn't want to go with your typical single that is just as similar as possible to feel something we wanted it to be as different as possible to feel something uh, and we kind of wanted people to be like what the fuck is going on what are they doing um so i think we definitely accomplished that for sure um yeah. but i think the three singles like <clears throat> show the entire record in such a, a like a great way like they're all so different from each other and it, it's just like shows every different side of the record which is cool yeah yeah they definitely differ but again, in a good way, in a cohesive way, it still has that movement yeah. sound. In one of the videos you released on YouTube, you were saying skin to skin, you wrote, you wrote the guitar kind of as like a joke and you took it to the guys and you didn't think oh, it would yeah. be. We were, we were in my room, we were in my room and we were all four here writing another song. I don't even remember what song we were writing. It, it was Something, Seneca. We were writing Seneca yeah. and I don't know like Austin was like doing something on the computer and like Pat was like helping him with that and then like I was over in the corner just like kind of just fucking around like <clears throat> on my computer and then yeah I just like wrote this that like lead riff in the verse and like um I was like they're just gonna fucking hate this like it's so weird you know because if you listen to that riff like by itself like like no rhythm behind it like nothing like it sounds like it's fucking weird um and then I kind of was just like showing them and like everyone was like, that's fucking cool. And we wrote that song very fast. It's so funny how some songs like you write so fast, like you'll write in like a fucking like 10 minutes. Some songs take just like, like I'm not kidding, like a year to write. Are there any songs on this upcoming release that either didn't make the cut or just started with Feel Something but weren't where they should have been to be released? No. Uh, um, yeah. There's, there's like, um, there's some guitar parts that like were. There's one guitar part. Oh, that's actually true. Yeah. That like was on a song that was supposed to be on Feel Something that got cut. That we just we have the recording of, but like we just have never put it out. We will never put it out um, <laughs> because we all hate it. Um. So that song will forever just be buried, recorded and just buried somewhere. Um. So there's a riff off of that that's in the new record. But besides that, not really. There was a song that we wrote like 
what, three, almost two and a half years ago that got brought back up when we got into the studio that is now on the record, which is kind of crazy that we kind of just all forgot about and was like, this is just not good and will help us make it amazing. Uh, but besides that, no, I don't think there's really anything that was a song that was supposed to be for feel something, right, Austin? Yeah, no, I, you're right. It's that it's that riff for sure was the only thing that was like an old idea. Like, I mean, on feel something, we pretty much exhausted. Like, all the songs we brought to the table pretty much made the record except for one. So there wasn't then maybe a couple riffs here and there, but like there just wasn't really a whole lot of material for that record. I think we went into that with what? So there's 11 songs. Yeah. Like 12 ideas. And then this record, we went into it with like 17 ideas. <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe cool, possibly on LP three, we'll, we'll see some things that we didn't use for no good left to give. Cause there is so much more content. Yeah, and it was also cool, like, with this record, um, Patrick actually flew out to Will, like, multiple times for um, to work on vocals. Um, so it's always cool to, like, you hear these songs musically, like, a thousand times, and then um, to get them back with vocals, like, it's just like hearing them for the first time again, which is so cool. Um, you can kind of step outside of that bubble that you're in. Um, so we got to do that a ton of times. Um, on almost every song on this record um and i'm so glad that pat flew out there multiple times to work on shit with will because they create magic which is cool yeah and it was it's cool to hear it like that too i think because you're right ira it's like you know also especially on on ghost you know like that song that's the song that really got flipped around a lot as far as like what's the chorus what's the verse what's what you know and parts got taken out and so it really was like hearing that song for the first time and you know, at first I actually hated that song. Like I heard it and I was like, Ooh, I don't like this song, but like, I kind of like it. And then out of like the songs we got back from that writing session, that was the one that just stuck in my head. And I kept being like, wow, that song was like something different. And it ended up being like my favorite one in the end. So, you know, I think that's, was a huge reason for putting out first is that we wanted the people to kind of be, thrown off by it you know <laughs> yeah yeah and it worked coming out the, as the first single because again it was different it, it did get people talking and it did set the tone of okay expect something new from movements on this record not that there wasn't anything new from outgrown things to feel something but it was just you could as you said earlier ira you could hear the progression and you could see you guys weren't trying to make feel something 2.0 and just to be clear yeah. when i was asking if anything rolled over i didn't mean like a leftover like a leftover song you just threw on i always ask because so noel gallagher from oasis mm -hmm. he now has his solo project for the past few years noel gallagher's high flying birds and he has a song lock all the doors and i watched an interview and he said that he had that chorus for roughly 25 years he was like i put that <laughs> chorus in an oasis demo that didn't yeah. really do anything and he was like but i knew that chorus had something to it he was like so Every time That's we tried it. it with Oasis, it didn't work. And he's like, eventually, you know, 25 years later, I got it to stick with something. So it's <laughs> cool to hear that, like, you know, like you said, a riff lived off of a song that, and by the For way, sure. you drove people crazy knowing that there's a movement song buried. Oh, I know I did. Yeah, never there's, come out there's of the a there is a movement song out there that no one will ever hear. <laughs> yeah, people are going to go crazy. <laughs> yeah, it will never come out. Like, literally, it will never come out. Oh, Austin. No, there's no way. 
it's it's just not a good song. I mean, like thing is like it's recorded professionally, which is cool. It's just it's just a bad song. <laughs> yeah. Except yeah, for the ending was cool. So we we took a riff from it. <laughs> you go take what you need and use it. Exactly. Speaking to the release of Don't Give Up Your Ghost, and I asked Matt the same question. I'm always interested as a fan. How much thought collectively from the band goes into the sequencing track listing of how the songs are put on the album and how much control do you guys have over the release of the singles? A lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, 100%. It's It's a lot of different talks. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, the process after recording was definitely um, interesting between the four of us. Uh, (laughs) There was definitely some fights for sure. Um, as far as the sequencing goes, mixing, everything, like, especially between me and Austin, the sequence, (laughs) the sequencing was a big issue. And it's, when you look back on it now, it's so small. And like, when you're in the moment, it feels so big. Like it matters so much when in all reality, like what me and Austin were arguing over for sequencing was like literally one song switching with the other. Um, And I think either way, it probably would have been fine. But uh, yeah, no, we have a big, we have, it's our decision, you know? So do you all take all the songs individually? So Pat has all the songs, Spencer has them all, you both have them all, and then you put together your own sequencing and then you meet together and run through and see what fits where and make changes like that? I think that's how we kind of did it a little bit more in the past. But ultimately, every single time, Will just kind of gives us what he thinks it should be. And like especially this time, it was kind of... We, we didn't change anything. I think he like gave it to us and we had that argument over like one song and then he was like, and that, that was it. And then he was just like, okay, cool. Like we just went with what he, he decided. Yeah. Um, it's important was though, good. man. It, yeah. it really is like, um, it was it, really hard. I feel hard. like it can make or break a record. Yeah, I agree. It's huge. Um, I think we have the perfect sequencing. I, I, I think that either... It was it was because Will sent us like three different ones and he was like, this one's really sick. Like you could also do this one, and then there's this one too, and then, um, yeah, I think we made the right choice. Yeah, it was really hard to find a song one for this album. I rem- yeah, that was and, definitely... and then you also have to think about like side A and side B on a vinyl because like side B starts a whole new. It's like starting a new record almost. You know what I mean? Um, and like what song starts that and that kind of influences where you put things so that's interesting I always like to ask especially in not so much in the alternative rock slash rock and roll whatever we want to call this collective scene but in other genres it's such a a single driven era of music we're in where you know artists will put out a couple songs a month that don't live on the same record and like you said Ira when you get up to flip the record, it's almost a soft reset. And it again, is. sequencing, you have a, a song that's super heavy or a little more downtrodden and then leads into something super heavy. It can change the entire mood and vibe of the album. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is, man. Yeah, we we had, we had some rough times after the record. <clears throat> I kind of hated Dawson for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we made yeah. up. We're good. All right, we're yeah. glad. <laughs> it, it happens, is, you know. You know, I, yeah, I would say like almost the 
the process on this record was less stressful, but then the afterwards of the record was more stressful than the one before. <laughs> yeah. And with the vinyl, again, I know some bands are completely hands off and they just tell the label whatever you want. How much say do you guys have in the actual color designs of the pressing? Everything. You guys it's have all, some pretty sweet pressings. Yeah. Like we, yeah, we, we I remember, we yeah, we get on the phone together and like we spend hours like just going through oh like let's try this like we i think we were on the phone for this record and like someone downloaded some like vinyl like generator that could like give us like what mock-ups of vinyl right austin yeah <laughs> we do some shit like that we were we were yeah, going so hard on it <laughs> we went hard we picked up we picked out all the vinyl um yeah we're very hands-on when it comes to like every single thing in this band and like everything like you think like, of it like to the point where it. it's kind of annoying <laughs> yeah like management labels like you know not all bands do this and we're like yeah well we do so yeah i like that i appreciate hearing that because like this feels something is the clear black and purple splatter which just jumps and also it plays well with the actual color of the cover and then yeah. outgrown things oh, is that like, one's so sick yeah outgrown <laughs> things is like clear green and milk splatter and again it plays perfect with the green font and so when I know a band has that much input and cares that much, like it's, it's really appreciated from the fan side of things. Yeah, dude. Everything. Merch. Like, we go hard, man. Yeah. Even the covers. We really like, do. Like, they're, Cover, all, yeah. they're all, like, our kind of creations. I mean, because you brought up, you know, the green. I don't remember what that variant exactly looks like that you're talking about. But, um, yeah, um, the original pressing, I, I might have it but um so it's like a grayish green oh yeah oh so okay sick. yeah hold on let me i have actually a good example to show hold on i think i might be the o the only one that like collects every single vinyl that we have that's another thing i was going to ask when when you release when you release a vinyl sorry when you release a vinyl do you request, like, do you have to buy or do you request, hey, I want a copy of every variant that comes out? Yeah, we request it. Okay. Yeah. Like, for this coming up, uh, for No Good Left to Give, like, I asked, like, I want, like, two of everything. But, like, um, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, back to what I was saying, I actually realized I have it hung up on my wall. So, if you can see the, the, the outgrown things green. over there. Yeah, the Coke bottle green. We actually... The cover, the color on the cover of the record was picked because it matched that color of the vinyl. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, it was kind of a funny thing. They turned out well. Like I said, every pressing I've seen plays off well. Even, I think you had the orange, the orange uh, feel something up there. It's like orange and black. Is yeah. that the one you had up there? Even yeah. that plays just a little bit of the hue from her shirt on the album. For sure. Yeah. That was just like my favorite. I, I have like all of them, but that was like my favorite one. So I was like, yeah, I'll hang this one up. <laughs> you got to make more room for the uh, the new pressing coming out. Yeah, I know. I know there's a I'm lot of so, them. I'm so excited. I don't even know what I'll hang up. I, a, I just want to get them in. <laughs> I'm looking forward to them. Like I said, I ordered as soon as the pre-orders went up. I put mine in right away and I was checking the date. I was like, all right, it shouldn't be too long. I know, man. It's like, I can't <laughs> even believe it comes out next Friday wild yeah like because we pushed it back i don't know if you knew that we pushed 
the release back of this record. Like the record, this No Good Left to Give was supposed to come out in June. Um, and COVID-19 just destroyed all of that. Um, and we were having talk, we had even talks of like putting this record out next year, which is crazy, which none of us wanted to do, which we obviously didn't do. But um, we wound up just like meeting in the middle and being like, okay, well, if we're not gonna put it out in June, like, and we're not gonna put it out in January, like, let's just meet in the middle and like, we'll put it out in September. Um, I mean, this is all new to everyone. So it's hard to know when the best time to put it out a record is now, you know what I mean? Cause you obviously want it as close as you can to like when touring starts again, um, but no one knows when that's gonna happen. So um, fuck it. So we just put it out. Put <laughs> I think it's out. a good yeah. time. Yeah, I think I think it's a good time too, man. I really do. Yeah, yeah. It seems like online there's a lot of buzz around it. People are waiting for it, and again, the singles yeah. have been received super well. Yeah, I feel like if we waited longer, people would have like gotten so angry. I feel like people were already getting so angry. <laughs> That's pretty true. Definitely hungry for more music. So to wrap things up here. And again, if you're only listening, we're going to do this portion and then we'll end the audio version and we're going to stick around. We're going to do a separate video for a YouTube video exclusive where Austin and I are going to pick a song from their catalog and dive into it and tell us a little more behind the scenes about that song. So make sure you check that out. But to end off the regular version, same thing I told you guys before we started recording, in effort to have more of the artist pick or, you know, songs you should hear, we want to start with outgrown things and then we'll do feel something and then no good left to give. You guys can combine together or each of you can give us two to three songs off of that album. They can be your favorite songs, your favorite songs to play live, or just if someone's hearing movements for the first time, Hey, I only got time for 12, 15 songs. What song should I hear? And again, people will get sick of me hear hearing me say this. If they listen to the podcast enough, when an album comes out, listen in order front to back listen to the whole yes, thing i agree 100 <laughs> percent. very much so yeah once you've done that or if you're sending to someone new to get them onto the band this will be the playlist of the songs you should hear yeah i feel awesome i feel like you and me have, are pretty uh like we have the same favorite songs i feel like pretty similar we'll see <laughs> okay <laughs> well, i'll let you yeah. why don't you do outgrown things first i mean maybe we just pick two because the record is only yeah. six songs <laughs> All yeah, six, but your two picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my favorite two are Kept and Worst Wishes. Kept, Kept is just, like, fun, man. It's a fun-ass song. It's fun to play live. I didn't even write the song, and I think it's fun to play, you know? Yeah. That's, 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 like, the weird – I feel so, like, um, out of touch with Outgrown Things because it's, like, I didn't write it, you know what I mean? But <clears throat> I played, them, played those songs so many times live. But, yeah, Kept – Captain Worst Wishes are just fucking fun, man. They're so fun I, to play live. Yeah, I think Worst Wishes is my favorite song off that record. So definitely that one. Yeah, I'd pick Kept too, honestly. Like that's that's See, my man, second favorite. Like, that that was an easy one. Yeah. That was I, I think I think the new record it's gonna get a little bit harder, you know. Feel something. I know we're gonna have one that's the same. Um yeah. I guess we'll just say it submerge, right? Yeah, Submerge is my yeah. favorite song. Submerge is, yeah, I, I just, I love that song. I think it's just so different from everything else on that record. Um, yeah. And I just remember writing, that was one of the songs that we wrote in like, in the cabin in Oregon, 
um with that we were like a, there for like a week um and i remember like middle of nowhere the, yeah in the middle of nowhere i remember like being in the bedroom with austin um and he was like showing me like this riff on his on his six on like that bass six string um and uh and then I wrote that lead, that chorus lead over it, like on the spot. And we were just like, this is fucking sick. And it was just like, we we're just vibing from where we were at. So it was really cool. Um, I think that song, I don't know, Third Degree. I think the, both those songs were actually written up there. Those are probably my two favorite songs off the record. Yeah. I, I like Full Circle a lot. That's that's probably my second. So uh, I, knew that I think that's, that's a good, good combined three for that record for sure. Okay. And then... This one's probably gonna drive people crazy because song all the songs aren't out yet. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite two to three off of No Good Left to Give? Oh God, it's so hard, man. <laughs> but... Well, Austin and I are our for sure favorite song off the record. Both of ours is Living Apology, which is not out yet. Um, that's a song that got flipped upside down in the studio. I think it's a, probably like the most different song that we have, which is probably why we like it the most um yeah. that song's my favorite by far i think 12 weeks is up there for me too another song that's not out yet um i don't know they're all so good man tunnel vision i fucking love that song that song's gonna be really fun to play live yeah yeah see so i knew it was gonna be i think we both agree on that on living apology see my my next favorites are different though like um Next favorite, I'm gonna say the first song on the re- on the album, uh, "In My Blood," is my next favorite. I also a song that's really weird and different and structurally just really cool. Um, so that would be my number two, and then number three, like they're they're two songs, but I kind of consider them one. That's kind of how they were kind of written. But the the last, yeah, the the last two songs on the record. No good left to give, and love's like the last of it. Yeah, those that would be my my number three. Ryan, you got to tell us your favorite song out of any any song on our catalog. Full circle, sick. Full circle. I think sonically it's so good, and it sets the tone for everything on the rest of the record. And then lyrically, it's so raw and revealing, and I feel like a lot of people can relate to it. So I definitely relate to it because if you, I'm assuming anybody listening has heard the song, but if you haven't, it's the good time, the bad time, everything comes full circle, not to be, you know, a pun, but. Totally. And then even the part where it's almost a little bit of that spoken word that Pat does, like it just feels so raw and emotional and open. But again, even just sonically, even if you took the lyrics out, like that's one of those songs where it could stand on its own as just a spoken word or it can stand as just an instrumental. But I think that's my favorite one. And then if I had to go to, to outgrown things, I do kept, I think kept is my favorite one off of there. And then um, so far off the three singles from no good left to give skin, the skin. I love it. it. It almost reminds me. And I seen Pat talking about the overall tone of the song, what it's about it almost gives me harder Daylily vibes, like an edgier That's version, cool. not edgier, but like, you know, a little rougher version, oh, like a little rougher okay. version of the content in Daylily. Oh, 
Oh, oh. you almost got him back. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can kind of see that. that. That's cool. I don't know. Not sonically, just the overall content. It feels like it's more of that side. I'm excited to hear the entire album. Like I said, when it comes out, I'll be on midnight Apple Music, streaming through the whole thing back to back. Yeah, well, you'll have to. I'll you'll follow. have to like. Yeah, yeah, you gotta let us know what what your new favorite is after that. <laughs> and I'm excited to hear, especially like I said, after hearing what the artists like, because you know sometimes there's albums that artists put out and they absolutely love a song that may not be a single, and then once you hear the artist talk about it or once you hear it live it'll completely change the way that you heard and received the song. And then that can jump up to one of your favorites. So I like yeah. the different outlook on songs from those perspectives. I think that, I think Austin was, Austin was actually scared with skin to skin, uh, vocal, vocally wise, like the lyrical content of it, of just not being, um, what people would normally hear from us, but I really liked it. Like I yeah. like the lyrical content of skin to skin. Yeah, I, I the first time I heard that song, I loved it. You know, like it, it's definitely. I think those other three are like, just mean more to me. You know, but like that song is probably number four. Like it's just so cool. Like, I, I love the chorus and everything. I always want to do kind of a more dancier beat and stuff in a song. So, the video yeah. was pretty fun for it too. Oh my god, Fuck, the man. video, dude! Like, so very we... sick. A nightmare though to like get done like yeah we did that in a week <laughs> we had a different video for it that just was not panning out we did not like it and we were working on that video i mean for months know, yeah months and we just last minute we're like you know what like this isn't up to our standard and we just cut it and then we're like how do we pull something off within a week now and it was fucking crazy yeah <laughs> With the outfit changes in the video, Ira, are you the biggest sports fan in the band? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're, they don't like sports. I, yeah. I, it's like they don't like sports, and I am, like, uh, like obsessed with sports. When it, like, yeah. He likes sports enough for all of us. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, from talking, talking to you all before, I, I knew Ira was obviously way more into sports than anybody else. And then I seen your jersey. I was like, all right, he definitely, this wasn't yeah. just a jersey that was handed to him. He definitely made sure he wore his certain <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a signed Aaron Nola jersey, actually, which he's a pitcher on the Phillies. So I was like, I got <clears throat> I gotta flex a little bit and wear it. You know? <laughs> I'm an Orioles fan. And other than Chris Davis, all my jerseys are now outdated. I mean, I got like a Ripken, but all the, all the current players I had are just no longer you know, oh, just ravaged our whole team. Don't even get me started, man. I uh, <clears throat> I like the Orioles too. I do fantasy baseball, so like I uh, I know like every player in the league. You know, are you doing fantasy football this year or no? Yeah, I am big time. I just started a league again this. Well, you know, obviously it's just starting, but I'm playing, and my 11 year old brother's in it. Oh, sick! I lost to him last <laughs> year, and man, it is brutal. <sighs> it's <laughs> that's the worst. Who's That's your football worst. team? The Rams. Rams, okay. Yeah, the Rams. Yeah. And I'm obviously Ravens. That's sick, dude. Lamar Jackson. It's exciting. And uh, just yeah. to wrap it up with – obviously, you're a Lakers fan. I'm the worst Lakers fan because I'm a Shaq fan and a LeBron fan. 
Nice. I'm pulling for him now that LeBron's on the team, but before. Yeah. It was like once Shaq left, I was like, nah, because I'm a Wizards fan and. Okay. You know how painstaking and brutal that is. Yeah, it sounds horrible. Once LeBron <laughs> went over, I was like, all right, I don't mind if they win because I've been a LeBron fan forever. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, it's, uh, the play the basketball playoffs have been so exciting. Like the I love the bubble. I just love. Yeah, it. I love the bubble. The absence of. Fans. I think it's so cool. I think that they play so hard, and I think that there's less stress on the players to like <clears throat> play well. And the games have been like unbelievable. Yeah, it seems a lot more intense and less about the entertainment factor or fans in their head. And it's just, it's almost more or less a competitive rec league pickup type feel. Obviously, exactly. the pro players, but like you said, all that stress is gone. And the focus cool. is just yeah. on the game. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap it up for the regular version of the video here on YouTube. We talk about it in the bonus video. We're actually going to hold the bonus video until after the album comes out because Austin and Ira dive a little more into a song that's not out yet. So that'll come out a few days after the album. The album comes out on Friday, so look for this video next week. I'll put it up on all my pages. And as always, just please like, subscribe. Make sure you follow Movements, Austin and Ira. I'll put everything in the description. And thanks for watching the main video. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Ryan.